Hello and welcome to the program Health Naturally. We've got naturopath Dennis Stewart here and we are taking calls now. Welcome to the show, Rose. You're in Bonnells Bay and you've got a question for Dennis about eczema on your leg. Yes, um, I've had eczema on and off since Mm. I had chemo about six years ago and it's usually on my right side and it's from my foot up to my knee this Mm. year. And that was from my hip to my knee last mm, year. Dear, it comes dear, dear. in the spring. Yes, <laughs> and dear, dear. it's just very um, debilitating. And I heard about um, my hairdresser suggested some sort of honey. Mm-hmm. And I wondered what you thought about okay. that. Okay, look, um, I know a fair bit about eczema, Rose. It might interest you and listeners to know that um, my becoming a practitioner of natural medicine was associated with my uh, experience of eczema as a young man and my, oh, and, and my triumph over eczema as a young man. It caused me to reevaluate uh, my professional activities and move from, a, from an engineer uh, functioning and working in, in Sydney for the state government into complementary medicine. Um, right. So I know a lot about it and I know the discomfort that eczema is. Let me explain to listeners to start with, Rose, what what eczema is all about. Eczema is a form of dermatitis which is characterised by heat, uh, redness, in in other words, inflammatory symptoms, and also uh, it goes with uh, an incredible itch that can sometimes be so distressing that it can cause people to uh, scratch the skin to such an extent that the skin breaks and unfortunately on the leg uh, can sometimes climax in an ulcer. So eczema is quite a nasty uh, condition. Now yours came on, you say, after you had uh, chemotherapy. Yes, I had a blood cancer six okay. years ago, okay. and uh, when I had chemo, yes. it, it's only on my right side. Yes, yes, okay. Look, I'll make a few uh, simple suggestions here that um, have a good basis and uh, may give you, you some relief. The first, yes. the first thing that I would recommend is that you take on board what we natural therapists know about, what are called essential fatty acids. Now, these are substances found in many foods and supplements which have a direct relationship uh, to to, to, uh, skin health and some of them but in particular oil of evening primrose in high dosages conveys a very significant level of essential fatty acids which make it a primary supplement that's used pretty well universally amongst the natural therapists and some medical practitioners as a supplement to progressively improve uh, the health of the skin and lessen a lot of inflammatory activity. The good thing about oil of evening primrose is it's readily available, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's harmless, uh, but in order to make it work, uh, and this is important for listeners to take this on board uh, because right. it applies to not only oil of evening primrose to many supplements, in order to make it work, you would have to take it in a significant level for a prolonged period of time. I would be suggesting uh, that you go to your pharmacy or your health food store um, and procure oil of evening primrose in an encapsulated form and start taking it in round about three to four gram dosages per day. 
Right. Now, you'll be able to work that out with the uh, size of the capsule that will tell you how much of the oil is in that preparation. So that's principle number one, a harmless preparation has a good reputation for inflammatory skin disease, eczema and dermatitis. Get on the net and you'll see that I'm right. Now, the other, th- the other thing is, is most important also are a group of substances known as bioflavonoids. Now, bioflavonoids are found in many fruits and vegetables and they're, again, uh, nutritional substances, but some of them in particular have a significant relationship to inflammation and are therefore used by natural therapists as a means of subduing some of the symptoms associated with eczema and dermatitis. The two conditions are virtually synonymous. So what I would suggest also, while you are at your pharmacy or health food store, you need to procure a bioflavonoid either in a powder form, and that's probably the best way, it might be the most economical way, a bioflavonoid okay. that's got a bioflavonoid in it called rutin, R-U-T-I-N. Yes. And also um, accompanying bioflavonoids. Bioflavonoids come as a spectrum. Uh, but two of the most important uh, American writers on natural medicine, uh, Pozzorno and Murray, whose textbook I've used for many, many years, in their section dealing with inflammatory skin disease, point out that bioflavonoids are almost mandatory to use. Two supplements. The third thing, however, is in your management of it, are you using a steroid cream? Yes, I am at the moment. Well, look, um, frequently you can get by with using topical applications that incorporate what's called glycotinic acid, which is an extract from licorice. So what we refer to as the GA cream can sometimes be used as an alternative uh, or to take over when the condition is milder, and also also talk to your doctor about getting a cream that incorporates a degree of pine tar in the preparation. Pine tar helped my eczema greatly as a, as a cream, and I'd suggest you discuss that with your GP. There's a few things that might help you. Thank you very much, and the best of luck, Rose. We're going to go to Tony now. Now, Tony, you've got a, a query about a herbal remedy. Yeah, that's right. My brother's got cancer, mm-hmm. lung cancer, and as well as uh, it's progressed to brain cancer. Mm-hmm. He's had uh, chemo, and they've stopped that. They said it wasn't successful. Yes. And he, he's terminal. Yes. And he's been taking a preparation called Gumby Gumby for some yes. time. Yes. And he's still, uh, he's actually outlived the pundits. Mm-hmm. They thought he'd be dead six months ago. Yes. But he's still getting on all right. He's getting around and getting about his business. Yes. I just wondered if you'd heard of that. Look, I have heard about Gumby Gumby. There is, how can you call it, a mounting level of interest in this indigenous herb and uh, quite a few claims are being made for it. As far as I'm aware, it, it has not, how can you call it, been approved as a substance to be declared to have therapeutic properties and therefore incorporated into natural medicines. I could be wrong with that, but I think I'm right. There is a groundswell of interest. I'm not sure, however, where there is a significant body of uh, literature explaining the chemistry of the herb and its potential action uh, in areas that you've mentioned. Let me just say that it's interesting that even yesterday in my rooms at New Lambton, I had a patient present 
who himself asks the similar question for his own condition. There's a groundswell of interest in it. Um, it's a long bow to relate uh, your brother's improvement to the taking of that or any other herb, but at the end of the day, who knows? Um, from what I have read and know about it, it seems to have uh, pretty well innocuous uh, characteristics. That is, it doesn't seem to have any known significant toxicity. All that I would say is that in a herb such as this, which, as far as I know, is not well documented, researched, clinically trialled, you have to be cautious about using it, uh, particularly to guard against any reactions that it might have, uh, particularly if given in conjunction with other medication. Put it down to this. If your brother's doing well on it, in his situation, I'd maintain it in order to keep well. Well, that's the situation he's in. He's... uh... He believes in it, so that's probably as good as anything. Well, don't don't um, don't overrule the great value that uh, confidence uh, and belief has in, in 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 improvement. What listeners need to appreciate is that all systems of medicine depend to a large extent on the benefits that they convey to what we might call the confidence and trust of the patient in what they're taking and the practitioner that's treating them. Um, A lot of results in medicine, whether it be complementary medicine or mainstream medicine, comes from that factor, that intangible factor, which is not always related uh, to the substance that one might be taking. Is that the placebo effect? Yeah, well, look, we call it the placebo effect, but there's been a lot of interest shown in in placebo um, benefits. Again, it comes down to this idea that the the human mind and attitude it's amazing. has some incredibly healing potential. And I've been practising now for, for 40 years and I do not in any way at all dispute what you refer to as the placebo effect. And any practitioner, whether it be a medical practitioner or a natural therapist, would have to admit that a large benefit... Uh, comes from the client having confidence in what you're telling them, trust in what you're doing, and trust in the substance they're taking. Without that, I would contend that a lot of medical benefit uh, wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Now, that's pretty provocative stuff to say because we like to think that medicine is a pure science and that all benefits necessarily come from, if you like, this scientific emphasis. Uh Uh-huh. Medicine, in my opinion, is a blend of, of science, a blend of tradition, and a blend of benefit coming from those intangible areas that we've been looking at. And we know with mental health yes. as well how crucial a role it plays when you start to feel better, you know, everything seems to, to fall into place. Absolutely. So it's not a surprise. Absolutely. Now, that's a, it's a very good discussion. And uh, I remember reading, well, I've read all my life, on the relationship between the mind and human disease, the development of human disease, and the cure of human disease. It's an area that perhaps is not emphasised enough in in, uh, halls of medicine where this should be a topic that has taken up the understanding of this benefit uh, and not so much just an absolute belief 
in what is prescribed. Hello, it's Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart and taking your calls, 49216216. We do have a free line now if you want to pop in and uh, give Dennis a call. Now, we've got Sandra from Ellamore Vale. You've got a question about fluid in the legs. Thank you for waiting. That's all right. Hello, Sandra. How can we help you? Um, I was just... Excuse Mm -hmm. me, Dennis. Yes. I was um, just wondering Mm -hmm. if there's a herbal or Mm -hmm. good medicine that you could um, suggest for fluid in the legs. Okay. First thing we should uh, acknowledge, Sandra, is that fluid in the legs uh, can be associated with some fairly serious medical conditions. Yes. So I'm presuming that you've had this... Uh, investigated where the fluid is coming from? Yes, okay. my doctor Good. is um, looking into that now, okay. but he knows that I don't like a lot of um, different medications okay. and I can't take them, actually, okay. a lot of them. Do you have a heart problem? Not that I'm aware okay. of. And your, and your kidney function is okay? Well, yes, it okay. seems okay. to be. Well, your doctor, yeah. your doctor would have given you blood tests. The only reason I'm asking that is for other listeners that are out there, uh, fluid accumulation anywhere should not be just taken simplistically, particularly when it is associated with the peripheries because uh, heart conditions and renal conditions can cause this to occur and therefore it should always be medically assessed, investigated and where appropriately treated. But you can get a condition known as idiopathic edema and, and that is where you build up fluid uh, for virtually no um, significant or understandable reason. And where you have that condition and where your doctor has declared it to be associated with causes that aren't associated with your organs, a couple of little things here might help you. Uh, first of all, are you on any med- medication? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, what is the medication for? It's for seizures. Okay. Okay, the first thing that, of course, your doctor would have done or perhaps should do or your pharmacist uh, could do is to make sure that any medication you are taking is not associated with uh, fluid accumulation in your peripheries. Um, And I presume that's already been done. So we will assume that this is just an idiopathic condition. Here's a lady that accumulates fluid around the legs. What is there in this system of medicine that might help? I'll give you some simple... Uh, advice here that's inexpensive and and in my opinion is very safe. The first thing that is important to note is that dandelion leaf dandelion leaf uh, is one of the most useful and well documented uh, herbal teas to be used for this sort of situation you notice there that I emphasised dandelion leaf as opposed to dandelion root now, yeah, I've got the, that down. The dandelion leaf is more diuretic in its action than what the root is. Dandelion root is renowned for its benefits on liver function and treating uh, certain levels of gallbladder problems. But dandelion leaf tea, which should be available even in your health food store, as a tea, inexpensive, taken uh, a couple of cups per day, say a teaspoonful of the dried herb, into a cup with just pour on water as if you're making a cup of coffee, let it stand until it's very concentrated, strain off the infusion or the tea as we call it, drink about two to three cups of that per day. It will be a little bit bitter and it'll make you pee a lot, but you should, <laughs> you should notice that that has some 
effect over you know over a reasonable period of time in reducing the level of fluid. You should tell your doctor if you're doing that. Oh, so, I will. So that yes, he can factor definitely. it in. Now, the other thing that you should realise also is that I mentioned earlier in the program bioflavonoids. Now, bioflavonoids, one of them in particular called rutin, R-U-T-I-N. Note that down. Yes, I've got it here. Rutin is a favourite uh, bioflavonoid used for... Uh, circulatory problems, particularly of a lymphatic nature, where the lymphatic circulation is not as efficient as it should be and is causing, if you like, a build-up of lymphatic fluid in the peripheries. If you were to use a bioflavonoid, go to your pharmacy, and rutin in particular, in the correct dose, uh, that in conjunction with dandelion leaf, very safe, has a really good chance, in my opinion, of progressively seeing a decline in that fluid build-up. This is great news. Let's mm. go to another caller now. Yeah. Uh, Glenn in North Rothbury, uh, you've got a question about fatty liver? Yes, that's right. Hello, um, Glenn. Oh, hi, Dennis. How are you going? Oh, I'm very well indeed. I'll probably be out that uh, way over the weekend <laughs> on my property to check it out. Oh, make bring, it your ra- bring your raincoat. I think a big storm coming. Well, that's what yes. I heard this morning when I left home. I hope it is. With all my dams are full at this stage, which is yeah, good. But nice we, can, to see. we can always do with more water, as you would know, out that way, Glenn. Definitely. So how can we help you? I was just wondering, I mm-hmm. looked at a few treatments for a fatty liver yes. and milk thistle. I uh, didn't agree. I got headaches okay. like you wouldn't yep. believe. Yep. Yep. And I was told um, globe artichoke okay. is a, okay. an alternative. I just wonder what you yep. thought of it. Well, a globe artichoke is, is an underrated herb. Uh, I've spoken about it on this program as being uh, one of the best documented natural remedies uh, for addressing mild cholesterol elevation and that surprised some people i was so impressed with it ah. that i actually developed a globe artichoke um, uh, uh, tea if you like which i have in my rooms uh, and some pa- some patients uh, use it others balk at it because it's a fairly bitter a tea ah, but okay. but next to st mary's thistle or perhaps in preference to St Mary's thistle, which, by the way, I'm surprised you reacted to it because, generally speaking, it's a fairly innocuous herb. But next, uh-huh. to, next to St Mary's thistle, uh, globe artichoke leaves, let me emphasise, globe artichoke leaves is a very, very renowned and highly respected herb for addressing the symptoms of fatty liver. You couldn't do much better, Glenn. Oh, okay. So you, you could purchase this tea at your room? Oh, yes, it's, yes it's, it's, a, it's not a very pleasant tea. It's bitter. <laughs> but if you can take it, it is very inexpensive in comparison with more sophisticated preparations. And this is one of my favourite topics, Glenn, that a lot of mm. supplements that are out in the marketplace today are becoming so expensive that the ordinary person can't afford them. Yeah, and I, I am, And I am mm. increasingly uh, emphasising a drift back to a more simpler use of the herb and a less expensive use of the herb. I would like to think that at this late stage of my professional life that I'm spearheading a drift back to using the herb in its simplest and most inexpensive form. Globe artichoke leaf is an inexpensive preparation. Give it a go. Excellent. And we might uh, get to one more call before we take uh, another break. Uh, Maxine in Singleton, is it you that's suffering from fungal nail disease or at least a query about that? Yes. Hello, Maxine. 
Tell me. No, Dennis, how are you? I'm good. Well, I shouldn't say good. I'm well. Um, how, well tell me about your nail condition. Uh, well, it's the uh, big nail on the left-hand side. Yes. And it's gone all yellow with... Um, and, you know, the doctors told me it's a fungal. Yes. That when I went to the chemist to buy the stuff, it was really expensive, so... Yes, OK. Now, fungal conditions of the nail... Uh, um, are sometimes responsive to an ongoing use of what we call the typical or the topical application of tea tree oil. All oh, right. Now, tea tree, uh, a tea tree oil, interestingly, uh, made its reputation years ago and was written up in a, an article by uh, in the podiatry magazine of years ago. So there's credible um, documentation supporting that perseverance with tea tree oil can, in many cases, see a fungal condition subside. I would suggest that you uh, discuss that with your GP or with your pharmacist. It's not an expensive substance. You can buy the oil um, in small amounts. And I I would suggest that um, you try to do it, say, on a daily basis, get, say, some cotton wool and while you're watching television at night, just um, bathe or apply the tea tree oil yeah. to the area and persevere with it. It's not going to go overnight, um, but the progressive application of it has a good chance of seeing the fungus uh, respond to it and dissipate. I'd give that a go. I will. Yeah, <laughs> give it a go. I definitely will. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Maxine. That's quite a simple solution if it oh, works look, it too. I love tea tree oil. I it, put it, it on is. everything. The, the, the only thing that I would say is sometimes um, it can cause, particularly in its uh, in its normal concentrated form, it may cause, cause a little bit of irritation when it does that back off it for a while mm. and then go at it again. But uh, look, it's worthwhile giving a go. It's inexpensive. It's tea tree oil, and my nan has always told me Vicks. I put it on yeah. everything. If it can't fix it, nothing can. <laughs> well, don't underrate the benefit of Vicks either. Some of these old-fashioned remedies, fortunately, are coming back into play as we learn that some of the older stalwarts of domestic medicine are as good as some of the more expensive They're prescription effective. medications. It's Health Naturally. Wayne, you're in Cessnock. What's your question for Dennis? Yes, uh, good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, um, Wayne. The uh, dreaded old old rich man's disease. Yes. Gal. Well, <laughs> it's, not, it's not only a rich man's disease. I've seen plenty of people that aren't rich. <laughs> no, they rich, rich on, the, on the foods we have okay. taken. Okay. Rich yeah. on the foods, yeah. Okay. yeah. With, with your gout, do you regularly suffer from it? Yes, well, I have been for the. It started about two years ago, yes. and I'm um, starting in the um, ankle, left yes. ankle. The first thing to hit. Yes. It goes to my left ankle, yes. and I can feel it. It travels up to my right wrist, left wrist. It yes. just it just had a little journey up into my right shoulder, oh, and that okay. was very painful. Okay. Um, I've listened to you before on yep. this one, yes. and I did the cherries. Yes. The cherries for about two weeks, yeah. and then I feel good. And okay. <laughs> three months, okay, yeah, okay. it's a difficult one. It's a painful thing to suffer with. Now, has, yeah. your, has your doctor prescribed allopurinol? No, well, I, I, I sort of stopped with that. They were uh, supplying a thing called Lengout. Yes, that, yeah, that's the same one. Well, Lengout is essentially based on what's called colchicine. Now, colchicine oh. is an alkaloid. It's extracted, interestingly, 
uh, from the co- from the herb called colchicum automali. So um, it's useful, uh, but in my opinion, uh, it is useful to handle, if you like, uh, the acute episode of gout because, as you probably know, taking it can cause significant diarrhoea um, in order to uh, cool down the acute episode. So I worry about it being used as as prophylactic or preventative medication um, and sometimes uh, a doctor will prescribe allopurinol under different um, brand names in order to provide a preventative approach. However, mm-hmm. however, having said that and having no problem at all with the sensible use of colchicine medication to treat an acute episode, um, I would be suggesting that if you have used a concentrate of cherry juice in the past and didn't get the result you're after... It's probably because the, the the presentation of it and the dosage of it was insufficient to do the job that cherry, that cherry has a reputation for. Now there uh, are preparations on the market in the marketplace. One is called Gout Fighter. It's a really good preparation. It's an encapsulated preparation. It's available from Sally's Place in Cumberland Street up there, and that preparation has given me such good results, but it is based on a very reliable level of what's called a cherry concentrate. Now, what we mean by this is the actual cherry itself has been processed in, in, a, in a way that has uh, seen the active chemistry within that fruit concentrated out of all proportion to that which would be in the juice or the fruit itself. So cherry will work, there's no doubt about that, but again, like so many natural medications, and I sometimes call them natural drugs, they need to be taken in a dosage that will get the effect that they have that reputation for. So the preparation that I mentioned not only contains uh, a concentrate of cherry, but it also contains another really good uh, herb uh, called celery seed, Now, celery seed contains an oil. We're not talking about eating celery. We're talking about celery seed oil, which for a long time has been known to have some useful uh, actions in addressing this inflammatory condition known as gout. So a combination combination of a concentrate of cherry together with um, the, say, some uh, uh, essential oil of celery in that preparation that I've mentioned which you can get from Sally's, that, in my opinion, is where you should be. Right. And I have many, many patients doing well on that preparation whose experience of gout has been broken as a result of doing that. I can tell you an experience that happened in my New Lambton rooms, and this is a true case, uh, where a gentleman literally staggered across the road. Uh, he was having a cup of coffee in a very good uh, little restaurant across the rooms from where I practice in New Lambton, he literally staggered across because he had been struggling with a gouty condition of his big toe for literally weeks and weeks and, in fact, had reached the point, despite treatment at our local hospitals and treatment medically, it had seriously reached the point, as he told me, where the next step was almost considering amputation. Yes. Now, that, that that chap staggered across. He, this is true. Uh, the, the chap staggered, staggered across with his dear friend. He'd never been exposed 
to natural medication before. I'd never met him, but he had booked a, a trip to uh, to Indonesia uh, and was on the verge of having to cancel it, which would have distressed him very much. So I, uh, amongst other things, I put him on that preparation that I've mentioned and I put him also on a series of minerals in the Blackmore's range, celloids, sodium phosphate and silica in particular. Now, the result of that was so dramatic, so dramatic, and he presented photographic evidence of it, that he was able uh, to have his trip to Indonesia. The, The gout was in complete subsidence as a result of going down that pathway. And to this day... Uh, that gentleman is one of our greatest supporters of using that particular combination of Blackmore's minerals in combination with the gout fighter as prophylaxis and in management of his gout condition, which was unresponsive. Now, out there, the the medicos will question this, raise their eyebrows. This very late stage of my career, I'm not affected or worried about that anymore. I can only speak honestly about what uh, I've seen in my practice and with gout yeah. in particular. That's what I'd be doing if I were you. Yeah, I know you might have a caller there, yeah. but yeah. Um, look, uh, the preparation, which I, I did Google all this, there's so yeah. many different yeah. things yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, I am taking fresh lemon yeah. and apple cider vinegar mixed yeah. together. Yeah. 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 Um, but, and I'm, look, I'll take it for a couple of days and then, you know, yes, it, it's the conditioned mind. Oh, I feel all right today. Yeah. But um, I think what you were saying, I'm going to pop up to your Cumberland Street. Um, I'm not far from there. I'm going to pop up there and get this, I think. Well, I think yeah. you'll find that that's more credible. Anything I say, you can check it out on the net and you'll find that it's credible information. Now, Dennis, we are running out of time, which is mm. such a shame. Uh, but Wayne just mentioned apple cider vinegar yes, yes. mixed with lemon. Yes, I've, yes, I've been yes, starting yes, this apple yes, cider yes, vinegar. Yes. Do you mix it with lemon? Because I thought you might take one of a morning well, and one of an afternoon. Apple cider vinegar essentially is, is acetic acid. Mm. So I wonder why you would want to... Um, address it with another yeah. acid substance. Yes, yeah, so I just now, have one on their own. Yeah, look, I I think lemon, again, is an underrated uh, agent and many of my elderly uh, clients or patients will vouch for the effect of taking uh, a squeezed lemon each morning in warm water. That's what I do. What's it um, meant to do? Well, it promotes regularity to start with. Okay. And lemon on its own, because of its bitterness, has what we call drainage benefits on the liver and gallbladder. Okay. Older herbless, older herbless would treat all gallbladder conditions, particularly those grumbling gallbladder things chronically, with lemon juice and olive oil. There you go. Mm. Well, no complaints here. Both no fantastic. Complaints. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a pizza, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dennis, we are out of time. Okay. Uh, a wonderful show as always. You will be back next week from Midday yeah. with Health Naturally. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.